Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray that you're going to be blessed by hearing God's word. May you be filled with hope as you believe and trust in Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Last week we did a little bit of a topical And the whole idea was if we're feeling burdened and overwhelmed, it's not our job to fix our problems or anyone else's, but our job is to press in to know God. Amen? I I need something a little better from that. Amen? The joy, I changed that message on Sunday morning as the Holy Spirit led. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go to YouTube. And by the way, we'll show Leah's video at the end, but you can go to YouTube as well to watch that at Redeemer Dance Academy. Um, The joy when the Holy Spirit's working is you hear things like this at the end of the service. How did you know what I was going through? And I was like, I don't. Because you were speaking just to me. That's when you know the Holy Spirit is working. Amen? Last week I got home and I had a message from someone I hadn't seen. I don't think I've seen them in five, six, seven years. There's a message on my phone. I watched the Facebook Live and I can't believe what you were saying because I so needed to hear that. That's the Holy Spirit. And he is here every week. So let's open ourselves up to hear what God has to say to encourage us this morning, right? Put aside what, I don't care what you think of me, what you think of Northgate. Put aside all of that and say, God, show me what your word has to say to me today. So Galatians 5, Lord, just bless your word. Speak to us. I'm going to read it to you. Chapter 5, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Verse 5, but we live by the Spirit eagerly waiting to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who has called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? 
If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers would want to mutilate you, who want to mutilate you by circumcision, would mutilate themselves. Rather not nice picture. Verse 13, for you've been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, you use your, your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Paul has been on a mission in the book of Galatians, quite focused, single focus. These false teachers trying to make them Jewish and saying they need to be circumcised to be saved. He's been giving us examples from the Old Testament. Remember, there's no chapter breaks in the Bible. So he's been talking about the woman of the bond servant and the woman of the free servant. Just these examples back to Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael. And he's trying to lead them to this place that it's not by what they do, but what Christ has done. They are free in Jesus. Reading in the New Living Translation here, it's so much more easily understood, I find, in how we read that. He's pretty straight up, right? Like, if you think doing one thing is going to save you or help God love you more, then you have to do everything. And try that because you have no chance, right? So how much do I want to comment? I think we could actually close here. <laughs> I think the point has been made, but there's a few things maybe to emphasize. Weeks ago, I was listening to a broadcast from Focus on the Family on Parenting. By the way, happy Mother's Day. We want to honor the mothers, and we'll pray for you at the end of service. You are a blessing. And there's one thing I want to say, and we did a little thing on the midweek encouragement. Amy spoke to mothers. Be encouraged. Don't live that you are not, uh, how could I say, living in condemnation as a mother. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Get that junk thinking out of your mind. Live in the grace of Christ and move forward in who you're called to be. Amen? Because we can see our kids struggle and we so easily take it on ourselves. And if you have young kids, you're like, oh, really? I'm going to change the world with my child. Wait till they get older. That's all I have to tell you. And it is so interesting because listening to this podcast so often we want to be good, but we're not godly. Mothers, fathers, so often you want your children to be good, have good behavior, but you don't really want, you're not teaching them to be godly. What do I mean by that? You're teaching them by the law to have good behavior, but you're missing out to the why they're supposed to have that behavior. And there's a lot of kids who can look good, but they're doing it for their identity and they don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people, myself included, for times of my life where I could say I was a good kid, but I don't think I was a godly kid. And the world loves to praise good behavior, but we're called to be godly. Amen.
It is an internal motivation to do what's right. Instead of an external motivation by a a set of laws to show myself as enough. That's what we do with good. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's what we strive for. And this is what Paul is trying to bust here. He's trying to bust like, be good, be good, by doing, by doing, but saying, be godly, know your love, and respond then by your behavior. And this is a huge deal. Because like he says, if you want to be good and it's all about being good, you're going to find out there's areas, if you're good in some areas and you're not in others, and then you're left in shambles. Because who are you then? So he's been explaining like this isn't it. And he's been talking about this buzzword in the last two years. In And I don't want to get political today. That's just not who I am. I don't even watch the news. And you might think, oh, that's wrong. You should know what's going on. For me, it's right. That's all I have to tell you. But there's a buzzword, freedom. Freedom. We want freedom back. And I'm not, I'm not getting political, but it's this buzzword. And you know, you see it on cars written on the back. Freedom, right? The flags, freedom. We need our freedom. Our freedoms are being taken away. And you know what? That's great and all, but yikes. It's not the freedom that Christ gives us. They're talking about an external freedom. When God wants to give us internal freedom. Am I saying there's wrong for people who stand up for what's right? No, don't leave this place like, oh, Dan's judging my politics. I don't have any politics. My politics is Jesus. Okay? But there's this buzzword. And in these 15 verses, six times the word freedom comes. And it's talking about our freedom in Christ. Our freedom not being enslaved to the law. And as it shows us we're free, then we're not enslaved to sin either. And that is a really big deal. Some of us are enslaved to what people think of us or whether we're doing right or wrong all the time. And some of us are enslaved to addictive sin. And God wants us to be free. Amen? Uh, Let me explain it. I think there's these things I would call like joy stealers. Uh, Yeah, it just steals our joy if you're trying to obey the rules or... It steals your joy. Or if you're living in sin, it steals your joy. But you know what true freedom gives you? That amazing, amazing joy. Another thing I want to point out very clearly, and it's a little bit of a litmus test maybe here. If you notice in your family or in your friendships, <laughs> lest I say your church, our church. 
that people are biting and devouring each other with their words is because you don't understand grace and freedom. Hello. (laughs) What happens in families? Sometimes when people don't meet expectations because I have these expectations, I don't know grace, and this is how I think I become holy, and my relationship with God is all about what I do, and then I can't meet it. But then, you know what? Then I look at you, and if you don't meet it, we start to devour each other. I can't believe you did that. Like, what's wrong with you? Shouldn't have you known better? Bite, bite, bite. And if we see that in our heart, when we're comparing and putting down even things that we wouldn't say people are trying to do, they just fail, or we look at ministries and we're always judging or judging people, your whole motivation probably is skewed because you don't know God's grace and God's freedom. And if you notice that in you, it's like a red flag. You know, said, oh, there's red flags in this. That's a red flag in your heart. Why am I doing? Why am in my mind am I biting and devouring someone else's walk? Check your heart to see if you're living free in God's grace and God's love. Because Paul later in Galatians is going to say, if someone's stuck in sin, go help them in love. But don't bite and devour them. And we're so good at that. But it shows us then, as he says, that's the fruit of a legalistic, legal relationship with God if you're always attacking people. And that hits home Because we so easily fall into that, and it's not the other person, it's our heart, and someone's cut in on what our walk truly should be. That's what he says. Who cut in on you? Amy used to always sing the song, Who cut in on you and kept you and kept you from obeying the truth? He's talking about grace. It's funny, on the beach years ago, uh, (laughs) maybe you want to bite and devour me for the movies I watch, but we watch Nacho Libre in my house. um, Sometimes we have a problem of quoting that, but one time we reenacted one of the scenes. If you like, don't go watch a movie and said Pastor Dan recommended it, but um, I could quote a lot now. But there's this one scene where uh, they're running, they're training. It's kind of mock on wrestling. and um, So these two guys want to learn to wrestle, and they're training, and they're running, and one guy's a little larger, and the other guy's like really skinny. And it's like they have the music, da, 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 like they're training, like a Rocky movie. And the little skinny guy's running, but the big guy's in front, but the little guy's going to pass him, and he like puts out his arm, <laughs> and he holds them there, and he runs ahead of him. And so we kind of reenacted on the beach because my kids are faster than me. So I don't know who's videotaping. They were going to run past me and like, put out my hands. I'm like, stay back. They're not going to cut in on me. And that's what he's saying. Don't let anyone cut in on you. Hold that thinking back. 
that thinking of it's about me, it's about what I do. No, it's about Christ and what he's done. And we cannot let those little thoughts cut in to the truth of God's grace and love. Amen? This is really big because it's saying they will come. This isn't like the problem with the world. This is the problem in the church. So some messages we could say are for this populate. Guess what? You guys are Christians. You guys are here. This message is for you. If you're biting and devouring, judgmental in your heart and your mind, which leads to your mouth, be careful. It might be a red flag that legalism or your spiritual life is determined by what you do, cutting in on the truth of what Christ has done, of what he's done for you. It says Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free. Don't let any thought cut in on God's word and what is true. It says this in verse 8. It certainly isn't God putting those thoughts in your mind. For he is the one who called you to freedom. To know I am free because he paid the price. He has given me liberty. I'm a child of promise because of the cross. And I just want to tell you that God's heart is for good things for you. He's not out to get you. He's not out to enslave you to rules. His heart is for you to be free in his grace. Okay, that's God's heart for you. Are you reading me? Are you feeling me? Sometimes people say, oh, religion, Christianity, it's all rules. And you guys are enslaved to those rules. You ever heard that? You're like, you guys have no fun. It's all about rules for you. You guys who go to church, you do this, you do that. Right? That's, you know what? That's a picture we're portraying to the world. Because you have to do this, you have to do that. That's what we're portraying. They don't see the freedom, the goodness of God in how he wants to set us free. It's not that I can't do those things. I don't want to do those things. Because he set me free. And I know my God is good and what he says is good for me. And so I want his way because it's the best way. It's not that he, oh, he wants to enslave me to a bunch of rules. And you know what? I haven't been the best parent. I talked to my kids about this this week. And you want the best for me. You're like, do this, do this. But God is like, out of love, do this. Because I've paid for the wrong that you have, you are, and you will do. And as you believe in me, you're set free to do what's right. So... Do you know that it was God's desire for the Israelites when they left Egypt not to be in the wilderness for 40 years? 
That wasn't his desire. His desire is they'd march in 10 days right to the promised land and bam, go in. Because he's a good God and he wanted to live them to live in the freedom of the land and not in slavery to Egypt. That was his heart. But because of their unbelief, they didn't enter the land. And because of their unbelief, they lived in the wilderness and in disaster. So God's heart for you and me is this freedom. He wants you to live in the promised land where there's much fruit and there's much freedom. That's his heart for you. And that's what it's saying here. He didn't speak these things to you. He doesn't speak condemnation to you. He doesn't say you're not good enough because we already know we're not. But he comes and makes us what we need to be. Amen. And so as we think these things, understand it's not God. The Holy Spirit is convicting you to change because he loves you. Not to enslave you to rules. And what happens is when you become enslaved to rules and then it doesn't work out and you can't do it and Satan comes and lies and accuses and pretty soon you're enslaved not only to bad thinking but you allow sin in and you're completely enslaved to that. God's heart, number one, is your freedom because he wants you to have joy. He wants you to be alive. He wants the land of milk and honey for you. Not that there's not battles with sin in the land. We know they fought, but he gave victory. That's God's heart for you. And if you see him any other way, you are in trouble. As we understand that, don't let the thoughts, shoot, here's practical application, creep in always comparing Always, I could, look at Christ and who he is. You've been given liberty. You've been given freedom through Jesus. The law has no effect on you other than to show you that Christ died for your sin. The law shows you are a sinner. Back to chapter 4. But Christ has set you free. Now, why? And here's the amazing motivation as we understand that. Why am I set free to go sin? Yeah, verse 13, you've been called to live in freedom. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And this is where the good behavior goes to the godly behavior. It's the internal motivation. So, so important. And so another litmus test, if you're biting and devouring each other, another one is, what is your motivation to serve? Okay, you come to church. Say the Beatles were here last night and you got here at 8 o'clock. And say, Pastor Dan said, sweep the floor and mop it. You want to serve? Yeah, I want to serve. Why do you want to serve? Well, halfway through you're going to be like, this floor is disgusting. Or if your motivation 
isn't out of love because of what Christ has done for you, you're going to be like, where in the world is everybody else? Why do I always get stuck mopping? <laughs> I caught myself. I hate that screen. <laughs> this screen. Why am I setting up this screen? I hate that screen. I like it for you. But Jesus said, why are you setting up that screen? Why are you doing that? Because you think you have to do that? Why are you doing that? You think it's the right thing to do? Why are you doing that? You're trying to be good for me? Why are you doing that? Why was I doing that? Why do you do what you do? Why do you turn off junk on the television? Why Why do you be nice to people? Why do you do anything? Why? And if it's a reason other than responding to God's love for you, it's going to get very frustrating very fast. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get angry. You're going to be disappointed. If you're trying to earn anything by serving, you're missing the point. You've been set free to serve. And the motivation, are you ready, is love. And when you're motivated by love, you don't count time. You don't count days. You don't count hours. If my wife, when we are engaged, and I had to drive 10 hours, I could care less just to spend a few hours with her. Do you know what it says back in the Old Testament? I think I've mentioned this before. When Jacob, seven years he worked for Rachel. And the idea is it went just like this. Why? He didn't see the work. He's living in the love. <laughs> and when you see what Christ has done for you, and it's not about you and your effort. And you understand that. The flow then of the freedom is out of love. I'm not counting and I'm not looking at anybody else. Because I'm happy to respond to love with love. How about you? Why have you been set free? To go waste your life in sin? To go struggle? People say, why do I want to sow seeds anyway? It's the same motivation. Like, why would I even want to share God with anyone? Why would I want to do anything nice? You have to go back to your heart and say, do you really understand what God's done for you? Do you really understand freedom? Because when you do, that perfect love casts out all the fear of who you share with or what you have to do. Isn't that a verse? Yes, perfect love casts out all fear. And if I'm living in the truth of this freedom and what Christ has done for me, the service and the sowing and whatever it is, even though at times because I still am selfish and I get in God's presence and I understand his love, the outflow is I don't want to sin. I don't want to disappoint the one who loves me. 
And sometimes with Amy, if she asks me to do something to do, and my flesh rises up, and I'm brought back to that she loves me, then my bad attitude can fade away in the truth of her love. And that's only a human relationship. Can you imagine God and the liberty and the freedom that flows out of us to serve one another? What is it? You're all a big family. Oh, no, i got to go help Pastor Dan again. I can't stand him. Maybe I don't know. But if you're doing it for me or anyone else, bang. You hear? Are you listening? That motivation to serve, to bless, to be kind, even with the people you don't like, flows from the love of God and the freedom he's given you to do things that are beyond, I couldn't do that in myself. I just, you know what? Doug has the privilege of the next verses. But if you're trying to beat sin this morning, if you're doing it in your own effort, in your own way, I've said this before, I'll say it again because we need to hear it, you're going to lose. You're going to lose every time. I don't care what the addiction is. I don't care about smoking, pornography, drugs, fear, anxiety. If you're trying to do it in your own strength and through a program, you're going to lose. But if you get into God's presence and see his love and his grace and walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hello? You want to fight flesh with flesh? Good night. Not going to work. But as you do and see God and walk in his spirit, abide in him, then that stuff loses its appeal. But if I always have it in front of me and it's my battle with flesh and flesh, you lose. When I walk in the spirit and I see Christ, this does not satisfy. I heard a quote yesterday. We live in a society in North America that is more medicated, more obese, and more more alcoholics than ever before. Ever before. We are enslaved. This world is enslaved to sin. And we have the message of Christ, which sets people free. You have the message to continually set yourself free. I don't do drugs. I don't do that stuff. Let's go to the internal things. Let's think about comparing, judgment, legalism. And God has freedom, true freedom for us. And we don't have to honk our horns. We have to believe in what Christ has done. Praise God. People say, God's grace, yeah, what about holiness? Bang, here's your answer. This is the answer. What about doing the right thing? What about action? Bam, here it is. Do you see it? You have been set free. Period. Now, use your freedom to what? 
serve one another in love. Walking in his love, letting it flow through you to walk in holiness and to bless one another. And you know what? You're going to be a pretty joyful person. (laughs) You want joy? It's a choice by believing in what Jesus has done. It's not an emotion. God is good, number one. He wants you to be free. He's provided the way. Number two, as you see that, let your motivation in response be love for him by serving one another. Number three, be careful you're not judging and biting each other. Go back to number one, to how you're living. Moms, I'll throw in dads, and I'll give you a little bonus. This is huge. I have failed, and I'm learning a little bit to how you raise your kids. Massive. Are you trying to make them good or godly? With your friends, with those you love. You're trying to be good, trying to make them good? Are we trying to be godly like Jesus? For the Son of Man did not come, what? To be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. If there's any other motivation other than love, that doesn't happen. Do you understand? We want to be godly like Christ. This was his example, free to choose, through love, submitted to the Father for others. And we can be like Jesus to everyone else. If you're going to learn anything in Galatians, learn this. This will change your life. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are faithful and good. We are called to freedom. Praise God. Not to live by a bunch of rules. Not to try and be something we're not. We're called to freedom. And in that freedom, we get the joy to serve one another. Not because we have to. Not because we've been voluntold. No. (laughs) No. Because we're free and we know your love. We love you back by serving people. God, forgive us for biting and devouring. Forgive us for finding our identity in what we do or what our kids look like. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to be like you, Jesus. Remind us, oh, even as we take communion, remind us of your love. And I would ask you to examine your heart. Maybe your relationship with God has become more about what you look like or obeying days and seasons or the Word of God says circumcision. That could be any legal requirement that we think we have to do that people are looking at. And if that's you in any way and if you fell off, come back to the body and the blood. Come back to the love of Christ. 
Don't let that person run beside you and cut in in front of you. Hold your hand out and say, No! No, I am free in Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you do your work this morning? Remind us, your word is so faithful and so good. As we take communion, if you don't know Jesus, it's his desire that you would, because he's a good God. He's forgiven and he desires, as he's given you this free gift of forgiveness, which he paid for on the cross, he desires for you to accept that, to receive that, to know that you're forgiven, to know that you're free. And if you've never believed in him, I don't mean professed him. Oh, yeah, okay. No, but believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. You will be free. You will be saved because of the work of Christ. And if that's you this morning, you can, in your heart, turn to him and then tell someone after I really want, I have chosen to accept the love of Christ. If you slipped away from that, and you're doubting God's goodness today, if you're serving and you're frustrated, come back to His love. Come back to His love. Oh, that we would press in to know God who he truly is. Thank you for joining us for this message this morning. If you'd like more information about Northgate, you can find us on the internet at northgateministry.com. We'd love to hear from you and have a great week.